0: Well, hey, good morning. So glad that you could join us. If you got your Bibles, open up to Daniel chapter 6. We're continuing a series called Heroes, where we're looking at some of the most epic stories in the scriptures, and we're seeing how our extraordinary God uses ordinary people to accomplish incredible things. Uh, We're going to be in the book of Daniel, but before we dive in, let me give you a little bit of history. In around 586 BC, the Babylonian Empire came and they essentially wiped out all of Judah, uh, the capital being Jerusalem. They knocked down the walls. They took into exile a huge number of these people. Now, four of these people that were carried into exile were from the line of David, one of which was uh, a man named Daniel. And, and the first six chapters of Daniel are essentially all about he, how he and his friends lived this kind of cal- countercultural, cultural uh, God-honoring life in the midst of opposition and persecution. Our story this morning takes place in Daniel chapter 6. And at this point in the story, Daniel's about 80 years old. And so he spent the vast majority of life living in exile in Babylon. He served under three different kings. This is his third king, and, and this is King Darius. Now, what's interesting about King Darius, if you read history, is that Darius is known as kind of like this administrative genius. One of the first moves that he makes is he sets up 120 what he calls satraps, which means kingdom protector, to kind of oversee all of the empire. And then over these 120 men, he sets three administrators. One of these administrators is Daniel. And their job is essentially to protect the kingdom against rebellion, levy taxes, guard the financial affairs of the the nation. Basically, they're trying to balance the national checkbook. Like, wouldn't that be nice? And so here's Daniel, and we pick up the story in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3. It says, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Now, here's a theme that we consistently see in the book of Daniels, that Daniel's so faithful and so God-honoring that he consistently causes him to rise to the top. And so we see, again, Daniel is standing out. The king essentially looks out and sees Daniel excelling and says, man, Daniel is head and shoulders above everybody else, serving in my kingdom, and so I'm going to put him in charge. And so Daniel is essentially placed second in all of the kingdom, second only to the king. Now this sounds like a great day. I mean, this is a, a, a massive promotion for Daniel. He, he's serving as God. He gets to be a great witness. His influence is expanding. But the reality is, is that what looks like a promotion from the outside really introduces a lot of conflict into the story. The other two administrators, essentially at this point, they get jealous. They see Daniel's promotion, they get jealous, and they come up with a plot plot to get rid of Daniel, which raises a principle that I see in, in many areas of life. And here it is, if you're taking notes, write this in, is that the greater leadership that you're given, the more pain you'll experience you think about this across the board in all of life, the greater leadership that you're given, the more pain you're, you're going to experience. I mean, this, it's not a fun principle, but it's a true one that the, so oftentimes when God builds you up, people will come around and try to tear you down. And I don't know how this plays out in your life, but let's say you receive a promotion. And, and a lot of times the people that you expect to be the most excited about that promotion are the ones that end up being the most jealous or the most critical. Or say God is doing a great work in you and you're experiencing more joy in your life with God and more contentment and, and more peace and you're really learning to live and love like Jesus and, and all of a sudden people come alongside of you and they try to tamper your, your passion and it's almost as if your passion is a, some sort of threat to their own spirituality and they try to tear you down. Or maybe God speaks to you very clearly about beginning the foster care process and, and people come around you and say, Really? You like you're going to be responsible for another human being, and they try to tear you down, or, or you decide that you're going to take a firm stance on Sabbath and and spend one 24-hour period and, and spending time with God and investing in your family, and and all of a sudden your coworkers come alongside of you and said you're not willing to come in on Saturday anymore. I mean, where's your commitment to the work and to the job? And in some way, you're doing what God is calling you to do, and yet people criticize, and they try to tear you down, and you're raised up, and people will try to tear you down. Or maybe you've, maybe you've heard of this. This is, uh, this is the crab mentality. And this is actually true, where if you get a bucket, and you fill the bucket full of crabs, if one crab tries to kind of crab his way out, claw his way out, climb his way up, the other crabs will actually pull that crab down. And what's interesting is that if that same crab does it a second time, they'll not only pull him down, but they'll try to break his claws so that he can't climb out again. And we see this throughout life is that when when God builds you up, so oftentimes people try to criticize or tear you down. The more influence and leadership you're given, the more pain that you're going to experience. And here's how we see this play out in Daniel's life. Verse 4, it says, Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault, And the way that Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Listen to this. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. And so they plot and they realize, hey, if if we're going to find any fault with Daniel, it's going to have to be something, have something to do with his relationship with God. Now, here's one of the problem, and, and, and I see this so oftentimes in kind of like this subconscious theology. People believe this. They don't really say it, but they believe this intuitively. It's like, hey, if, if I'm obeying God and, and I'm walking in his path and I'm stepping out of faith, I, I really shouldn't face any sort of criticism or opposition or any pain or any setback. The problem with that is that Jesus was perfectly obedient and perfectly in the will of God, And we saw him face all sorts of opposition. And and, I mean, did Jesus ever experience pain? Of course. Did he ever experience any sort of opposition from friends or his friends backstabbing him or, or betraying him or his family not believing? Of course, all of these things. In fact, Jesus says this himself in John chapter 15. He says, a slave is not greater than the master. And since they persecuted me, naturally they'll persecute you. Which means if you want to live like Jesus, if you want to be shaped and molded by Jesus and empowered by Jesus, then you're also going to have pain like Jesus. See, the truth is, is that that's so oftentimes, that for many of us, we, we never experience the breakthrough that God wants us to experience because we're not really willing to go through the pain. And I hope you hear this. In fact, write this in if you're taking notes, is that, that you can only grow to the threshold of your pain. Like if your pain tolerance is really low, you'll never be able to grow past that. that. That you can only grow to the threshold of your pain. If every time you experience pain or, or, or a setback, you automatically pull back or you stop or you quit or, or you, you jump ship or you begin to think, hey, where is God? God's not with me. I'm telling you, you'll not be able to grow past that and, and, and grow to the place where God wants to take you. In fact, I would say this, that the difference... Between where you are and where you could be is the level of pain that you're willing to endure. That the difference between the the place that you're at and where God wants to lead you is is the pain that you're willing to endure. And so we see this in Daniel. Daniel's being used by God. He's being faithful to God. He's he's showing exceptional leadership. and, And sure enough, just like some of you are experiencing right now, he experiences pain and he experiences opposition. And so the other two administrators, they essentially come up with a plan. And if you read the, the story, basically they they go to the king and 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 they butter the king up. And we don't know what they said to the king to get him to buy into their plot. But, you know, maybe they said, you know, oh, king, we've been around a long time. We've served a lot of different kings and you're the best of the best. I mean, you're the cream of the crop. Or maybe they said to the king, you know, king, that rope's looking a little tight. You've been hitting the gym. I mean, you're looking kind of swole. you CrossFit, and whatever they do, they butter the king up, and, and they get him to, to buy into this plot, and, and essentially it's this. They, the king issues this law and this decree that for the next 30 days, nobody can pray to any other god except for the king, and if anybody is caught praying to another god, they, that person would be thrown into the lion's den, and so they butter the king up. They pitch this plan, and somehow, uh, in the king's great humility, he agrees to this plan. And so this creates kind of a problem for Daniel because the other administrators know that Daniel is an incredible and he's a great man of prayer. Now, you've got to understand is that, that Daniel's got no idea at this point. He's got no idea that God is going to rescue him. I mean, he simply had, had to make a decision. He hears about the decree. He's got to make a decision about what he's going to do. I mean, he could, he could simply decide to stop praying yeah, he could, he could say, you know, I've been at this for 80 years. I've been serving God faithfully. I'm just going to take a little breather here. I, I'm better off serving God alive than dead. And so I'm just not going to pray for 30 days, get through this. And maybe he could have just said, you know what, I'm not going to pray publicly. Uh, I'm not going to let people know. I'm, in fact, I'm going to pray in my head. And in fact, if people say, hey, Daniel, what are you doing? Just meditating, just getting my head right. <laughs> he could have prayed in his, in his head. And honestly, that's probably what I would have done. Or the third thing that he could have done is he could have kept praying publicly, praying aloud, and risking death. And we see this is exactly the stance that Daniel takes because his faith was so strong and his trust was so strong with God. And so I'm asking the question what in the world would build this kind of audacious faith that in the midst of death? In the midst of like a violent death, getting thrown to lions to be torn to pieces. Like what, what, what would cause that kind of deep faith in God that he's willing to stand strong in the midst of this kind of pain and opposition? We see in Daniel chapter 6 verse 10, it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to the upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Now, this leads me to my second thought, if you're taking notes, is that that your habits in your life will either propel you through adversity or they'll cause cause you to fall before it. That that your habits in your life will either, either cause you to rise above adversity or will cause you to crumble beneath the adversity. And so what's Daniel's habit? It says this. It says, three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God. And please don't miss this just as he had done before, just as he had done before. Every single day, week after week, month after month, he got down on his knees, expressed gratitude, spent time cultivating his relationship with God. Every single time, it's interesting to me, is that every time in the book of Daniel, is that every time he experiences opposition or setback or, or adversity, every time he goes to God, and every time Daniel sees the faithfulness of God at work in his life, I mean, this was a daily habit that resulted in a lifestyle of trust and dependence on God. See, when you've actively chosen to trust God in the midst of difficulty, and you've consistently seen God's faithfulness at play in your life, you can encounter a setback or a painful situation. Say, hey, may the, this may not be convenient, but I know that my God is going to be faithful because I've seen him faithful here and here and here. That's the power of a positive habit. See, somewhere in Daniel's life, I mean, probably decades before this moment, he made a decision. He said, I'm going to seek God in prayer three times a day. I mean, long before this threat, he started a habit where he said this, every day I'm going to spend time with God, and one time's not enough. Not two, Not I'm going to spend time with God three times. I'm going to spend time with God in the morning, and in the afternoon, I know I need God. And in the evening, I know I need God. And, and he practiced this because he said, I, I, I love the presence of God. I, I, I love to hear the voice of God. And I need God's strength in my life. And I need God's direction in my life. And so he cultivated a relationship with God, a habit of spending time with God three times every day. I'd encourage you just right now, think about your habits that in the midst of difficulty or adversity or setback or oppression, do your habits propel you forward? Do they connect you with God? Do they build a greater level of trust in God? Do they strengthen your faith? Or do they keep you comfortable and safe, maybe indifferent or static or maybe even moving backwards? Let me just give you a little example, and I'd encourage you to do a habit audit. Think about your habits. If in your life you wake up last minute and, and you're rushing around and you just grab a quick bite to eat, something that's probably not going to fuel your body very well, and, and then you're running around and you're stressed at work and you're stressed at home and you're overwhelmed and you're grumpy with kids and, and then you get to the end of the day and all you want to do is crash on the couch and binge watch Netflix with a bowl of ice cream and then you hit adversity, how will your habits impact you? Will they move you forward? Will they cause you to rise above the adversity or the setback, or will it cause you to crumble beneath them? How about this, though, on the other side, is is if you wake up intentionally every single day, and you start the morning right, and you say, God, I want to give you the first part of my day, and you eat well, and you're intentional with your time, and you create margin in your schedule, and maybe between appointments, you're worshiping, and you've got, you've got worship in the car between your, as you're driving around, and yeah, you've got a full schedule, but you refuse to be busy and overwhelmed because you've learned the habit of how to say yes to the right things and no to things that don't propel your vision forward, and then you get home, and you spend quality time with your family, and you honor your family, and then you hit adversity, how will your habits impact you? See, I don't know how your life looks. But I'll tell you this, is that your habits will either propel you through adversity, cause you to rise above adversity, or will cause you to fall before it. And we see Daniel here, and he doesn't have any idea how this is going to play out. He doesn't know uh, what's going to happen, but he does know what he's going to do. Because for decades, he's been doing this every single day. And he refuses to let opposition or setback or persecution derail his faithfulness to God. I'm telling you, you're going to face setbacks. You know this. You've experienced it. You're going to face opposition, maybe persecution, maybe pain. And people may resist you or leave you out. You may be overlooked for a deserved promotion. And sometimes you're going to have no idea what God is doing in the midst of all of this. Oftentimes, things may not even turn out the way that you were hoping them to turn out. But I can promise you this, if you're taking notes, write this in. Is that when you do what's right, you can always trust God with the results. When you do what's right, you can always trust God with the results. That even though Daniel didn't know the end of the story when he was in the middle of the story, even though he had no idea how things would unfold, he knew this, is that for 80 years, he had trusted God. And for 80 years, he had seen God's faithfulness at work in his life. I'm telling you, no matter what life looks like for you, no matter the circumstance you're facing, no matter, no matter COVID-19, no matter anything that you experience, you, you can be faithful to God. And then you can trust God with the results. So let me fast track the story. The king likes Daniel. I mean, obviously, Daniel is an incredible asset to the kingdom. He doesn't want Daniel to die. He wished that he could reverse the edict and the decree, but he can't. And, and so what happens is that he ends up throwing Daniel into the lion's den, and, and we don't know what happens down in the lion's den. We don't know if, if Daniel immediately, when he goes down, he just begins to worship God, or you know, if he's terrified, or maybe he's rocking himself in a corner like I would and just peed his pants a little bit. We don't know what happened. But what we do know is is that that God proved his faithfulness once again. That by the power of God, God shut the mouths of the lions. And once again, God's goodness and power is displayed in the life of somebody that chose to trust God with the results. And here's how the story goes. Verse 19. Very early in the morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. And when he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel! Daniel! Servant of the living God, was your God, whom you serve faithfully, able to rescue from the lions? And Daniel replied, My God sent his angel to shut the mouths of the lions so that they would not hurt me. For I've been found innocent in his sight, and I've not wronged you, your majesty. And the king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him. Listen to this. Please don't miss this. For he had trusted in his God. See, when you do what's right, you can always, always, always trust God with the results. And so if you in your life right now, you're facing some sort of opposition or you're facing some sort of setback, you're facing some sort of disappointment or some sort of pain, and I know so many of us are, I want you to remember this, is that the greater leadership God gives you, the more pain you'll experience. That when God does something great in your life, people will try to tear you down. So don't be surprised when that happens. It's going to happen. Remember this also, is that your habits will either propel you through adversity or cause you to fall before them. So where are your habits taking you? Are they taking you to greater trust and dependence on God? Or are your habits taking you some other place where... As soon as you face pain or, or, or something difficult, you automatically are anxious and overwhelmed and stressed out, and you're second-guessing God and, and all of these things. Where are your habits taking you? And the last thing is this. So is when you're faithful and you're obedient to God and you chose, choose to trust God, you can always trust God with the results. See, life, death, sickness, health, job loss, job promotion, You can understand this, that God loves you, that he's leading you, and that he's with you. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, I pray for all of us that we would learn from the example of Daniel. And that in each one of our lives that that we would develop and cultivate the habits that would deepen our reliance on you. And that you would cause us to be people of great trust uh, in you people that constantly see your faithfulness at work. And I just, I think about, you know, as, as we're calling people throughout the week and we're hearing stories of you know, some of the difficulties that people are going through. God, you know every single one of them. And I pray that you would meet them right where they're at. They would experience your presence and that, the, that you would help them to deepen their trust and their dependence on your faithfulness. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you are always good. In Jesus' name, amen.